and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Our music is brought to you by Tanika Charles, courtesy of Record Kicks. Her album Soul Run and The Gumption are available now on all streaming platforms. Joining me this week is national sports broadcaster, host of the Hot Mics podcast, and overall TikTok sensation. It's Ashley Docking. How you doing? <laughs> wow, what a nice intro. I'm doing really wonderful now. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Oh, thank you for being here. I love all your Raptor TikToks because I, I find like I, I always admire people that can make sports funny because everybody takes themselves very seriously when it comes to sports. I mean, and I love it. And, you know, I, I, as with every fan, am kind of irrationally, emotionally invested. But I do like being able to just, like, take that little bit of a step back and have fun with it, but while still, like, being very engaged. Yeah, I think that um, accidentally it kind of turned out that it was just stuff that I would say to my friends if they were around. But since we're in lockdown and living in purgatory, um, (laughs) it ends up going on the TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of to someone's ear, to someone's, yeah, Twitter account or TikTok account. So it's been fun. Yeah, I love it. Um, We usually start off with top NBA stories and then we do our Raptors deep dive. And then I usually have either like a quote of the week or like a hot girl summer Nick Nurse highlight of the week because (gasps) I love Nick Nurse. I have a big crush on him. It's been a rough year. You know, like he doesn't wear the suits anymore. You know, he's always dressed in all black. Like he finally got his hair cut. It like looks fresh. Like he (laughs) looks, it's a whole whole thing. It's a whole thing on this show. He was clearly in mourning. All the all black. Yes. He always looks he looks like he's always not mad but disappointed at you. Yeah, very much that look. Also, I feel like he was like starting every game with like wet hair and it would like slowly dry <laughs> as the game would progress. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was something going on there, maybe trying a new product or something, which I ex- yeah. I respect that he's trying to expand his repertoire. Yeah, absolutely. We always respect a guy who's trying new hair products. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this is already off the rails. I what? already know. I already think I know what your Nick Nurse quote is, but I'm going to just save it for later. Oh, okay, I have great. like a guess in my mind though. Okay, perfect. I love it. Um, So this week was kind of wild. We had this really weird Kevin Durant story. He was fined $50,000 for comments that were leaked by actor and comedian Michael Rappaport. Uh, I'm not going to quote any of these. Like, you could see it on Twitter. It's still out there. Um, He leaked these personal messages. They were homophobic. They were vaguely threatening and just kind of a bad look all around, I think on, on both parts, but the league kind of had to step in and, and do this like thing where they end up finding him. Uh, how, how do you feel about this? And what was your sort of original take when you saw this come to light? I, okay. First of all, I thought obviously that it was really bad and it seems like their relationship I don't really know how to even define it because apparently they speak all the time. Mm -hmm. Apparently they say worse things than they had to each other. Mm -hmm. And then if you're friends, why are you sharing these messages publicly on Rappaport's part? So it was just a lot to digest. Um, My main takeaway was that no one in the NBA really cares about Mm -hmm. homophobic remarks. 
Um, it's just not something that people are prioritizing. And the fact that Kevin Durant's statement on it was not really an apology was just the fact that he said, I don't want people to see me in that light, essentially, um, goes to a larger issue where I think what we're seeing, um, the lack of outrage, I guess, from a lot of people tells me that they say things like this in private, <laughs> tells me that this type of language. So for those who don't know, and I'm not saying that this is better or worse, but it wasn't the F slur. Um, it wasn't, you know, short term for um, homosexual, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was still definitely over the line, crossing the line. But to me, it just means people are like, oh yeah, it just sucks that it got out there. It just sucks that it yeah. was like out in the open because when people don't have a visceral response, like they have to some things that we've seen in the past, um, it's like, oh, okay. So this is like casual for you. And I think that was my biggest takeaway where I was a little bit disappointed. Like we can't pick and choose when we want to stand for things um, that are right or wrong. But again, the bigger issue always is, no matter what it is, whether it's homophobia, whether it's racism, whether it's misogyny, whether it's like supporting a charity, Parkinson's cancer research, people don't usually care unless it affects them. Right. By and large, right? We're selfish as humans. So we can't really sometimes get behind something if it's not something that's affected us personally. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that um, with this, these comments from Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, to me, there was, I completely agree with everything you've said. And there was something just weird about kind of the layers of this. Cause there's the leaking, the private messages is wrong. The, what he said was wrong. The apology being like, just so half-hearted and not very serious and very like, very much like, I'm sorry, I got caught kind of thing as opposed mm -hmm. to sorry, I did that. And also to it, I don't know if it's because I'm not like a guy, but I can't fathom having like a friendship with someone and then talking to them like that. Like when they're, <laughs> like when they're yeah. all dialing it back and they're like, oh no, you don't understand. We say weird things like that to each other all the time. I'm like, what the hell kind of friendship is that? Like, I can't even imagine talking to my girlfriends even close to that. It's so weird. Mm hmm. I am. Um, I yeah, it's it's a lot to it's a lot to kind of stomach and even like more so like I just I'm curious, like where is like a Dwayne Wade? Mm -hmm. Where's like, you know, someone who's like an advocate um, for the LGBTQ community coming in and kind of condemning these type of remarks or these type of conversations that are happening, whether it's behind closed doors or in public. Um, I thought it was a little bit disappointing that the majority of the conversations that I heard um, on the jump, for example, was condemning Michael Rapport for mm -hmm. sharing the messages more so than the message that got shared. And I understand that, of course, if it's a consensual conversation between two people, there is a certain expectation of privacy um, that remains, I think, even in DMs, no matter how informal they may be. But I think that that's kind of burying the lead in all of this. And so that was a little bit disappointing to me that the conversation was more about um, Kevin Durant's privacy being violated and him having to explain his, himself mm -hmm. as opposed to what he actually said and just having... Um, what really could have been a 
productive conversation out of something that's so negative. I really feel like people really stray away from difficult and tough conversations, even like Myers Leonard making uh, anti-Semitic remarks. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, he was willfully ignorant. He said as a grown ass man, he didn't know what that word meant. It's like, okay, cool. But can we have these conversations that like actually bring something to light and bring something good about it? Because sweeping it under the rug never helped anything. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I saw that same clip from the jump that you're talking about. And it was with like Matt Barnes and, and Richard Jefferson. And mm-hmm. I, I think they just, they have this thing where they kind of look out for each other, no matter like how bad it is. Like they, yeah. there's just like a code there where they're always looking out for each other. And you're never going to hear like a former player speaking out against like a current player on anything that I think, I think any like sort of moral issue, you just, you rarely see it. And Mm -hmm. I think I would like to see it more, but also just like, like you were saying before, just kind of more consistency with all of this, because it's like, we're kind of picking and choosing like when we care and when we don't care. And like, you know, who knows how things go viral and why, but it's just, I don't know. It was kind of discouraging. And I think moments like that sort of take like the veil off of the NBA for me in a way, which I know sounds really naive on my part, but it just, it kind of takes away that sheen of like, oh yeah, like no, not all these guys are good guys, you know? Well, it's diff- that's the difficult thing with idolizing somebody or making somebody a role model who didn't ask to be and doesn't pretend mm-hmm. to be. And that's also the problem with Kevin Durant's words aside on a broader scale is mm-hmm. that there's always good and bad in people. Mm-hmm. you can be a real POS. And like, if we're talking about men's sports, a womanizer and who, whatever else you are. And then you can also donate $2 million to a children's charity. And like, that's really wonderful. And so I think that we also forget that people are not one dimensional, that no one is perfect. And so you're right. Like the veil gets kind of pulled back and you get, um, like desensitized to it sometimes, because then again, it always feels like something's happening Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, now I'm just like angry (laughs) at everything. (laughs) And at what point am I just like breaking up with the league that I love or the sport that I love? And and so there's just, there's a lot of layers to it, obviously. But, you know, when it comes to the NBA, as you had mentioned, um, I think that we're kind of being disillusioned a lot lately over the last year. I think that the NBA specifically has been picking and choosing on a lot of occasions. And even though in the bubble, they got full credit for being leaders in terms of the black lives matter movement and conversations that were happening, obviously behind the WNBA and what those wonderful women did, Mm -hmm. but really and truly the only reason that happened is because the players decided to strike. They decided to walk out on the job Mm -hmm. and say, these are our demands, meet them or we're not playing. And their, the NBA's hand was forced. So they acted in accordance, but was that going to happen without that strong action from the players? Probably not. Right. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I mean, I've talked throughout this season about like the COVID protocols and like, should we be doing this? And a lot don't of- Don't shake kind hands. Of, don't shake hands. Don't shake hands, but like post <laughs> someone up with your sweaty back, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> just all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think the the NBA has had a very weird year to say the least. And there's been a lot of disillusionment, I think, on the fans part. And I think if I wasn't doing this podcast and if I was- a more casual fan. I think this would be kind of one of those years where I would tune out a bit and be like, okay, let me see where this league is at like a year or two from now. Although in the U S like so many fans are at games now. 
And it's like mm-hmm. really jarring considering like us in Ontario are just like locked down, like, you know, and, and people have like different feelings about like how we should be reopening and what should be open and what shouldn't be open. And I think there's like so many valid arguments on either side, but very few people are like full stadium should be open right now. Like fans should be in stadiums. It's just, it's weird to see. And there's just, I guess, a cultural difference there as well, but I'm going on a tangent now. we love a tangent and anyway needless to say safety concerns aside i'm jealous that they're seeing games in person yeah yes i I really all of it all of the life-threatening component um yeah (laughs) the small 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 side effect um yeah that's fair we'll move on um another kind of weird like fake rivalry i don't try to get into like the Stephen a thing but i kind of thought like an interesting point was brought up this week because russell westbrook is getting even more triple doubles now he's like leading the washington wizards in triple doubles as far as like their franchise goes now and he's being criticized for being like a stat chaser which is like nothing new Uh, And then they kind of got into this whole debate about how like none of it matters because he doesn't have a championship. And I think criticism like that is unfair. And I have started to, in the last couple of years, maybe it's because the Raptors have won a championship. I've been allowed to sort of (laughs) reevaluate like what it means means to to win a championship. (laughs) And I'm just, I, you know, it's kind of an evergreen question, but I wanted to ask you like, how much does a championship matter to you when you're evaluating a, a individual's legacy? Oh, I think it depends on how much of a role they played Mm -hmm. because I think that there's, argument there's so many great NBA players that didn't win a championship right there are so many players that had a massive impact on the game and and they haven't they haven't been able to reach the pinnacle the thing that they're all chasing right you have two-time MVP Steve Nash you have Mm -hmm. someone who influenced the culture in a massive massive way in Allen Iverson who went to a finals in 01 I believe it was you know you have Chuck who gets roasted about it all the time Mm -hmm. you you have Malone like you have icons of the game who have not won a championship and I think it matters less in a sport where it's a team And it matters less in a sport where all positions can potentially impact um, substantially. What I'm referring to more so is like football. I know it's a major conversation when it comes to quarterbacks because that position has the power to really, 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 really make a change in a very significant way. But in basketball, it could be a point guard one year. It could be a forward the next year. It could be a center the next year. And the way that things have played out like in the 90s with Jordan and the Bulls, like who was going to win a championship besides that? Mm -hmm. You know, you've had these dynasties and it's kind of like if you weren't on those teams when they were in their prime, you were hard pressed to find a championship. And then you had like little teams kind of coming through in the clutch winning when like no one really expected you have like a Detroit, you have like a Mavs, right? You have a Toronto Raptors sprinkled in there around all these iconic dynasties, the Warriors, any team LeBron James played on the Bulls, as I mentioned before. So Mm -hmm. I think it does matter to a certain degree, but I don't think it's everything. And when it comes to Russell Westbrook specifically, I think that you can always poke holes in the case for people. You Mm -hmm. always can. People sit there and poke holes in the case for Wilt Chamberlain, for God's sakes. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no one's safe. No one's safe it, it, when it comes to that. But even still, it, what he's doing individually is special. But um, it's kind of an old cliche and adage, like your personal points don't matter if the team's not having success. So I think that that yeah. will probably be his legacy where it's like what he did was phenomenal, but his teams were never necessarily able to get where they should have been going. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I don't know why, but I've just become this person that just defends the most annoying players in the NBA. Like I'm always <laughs> like, I'm always defending like Westbrook oh, no, and Trey Young. I'm advocate. that person. No, no, no. I'm not going to, I'm not <laughs> going to disagree. <laughs> You're the cis white man. Well, just yes, yes. What was that? That like- kid rock <laughs> meme just like running on the beach. Just like, like ready, getting just ready. First- <laughs> no, Kevin, don't do it. Um, I'm definitely no, I'll, I'll never be full on Kid Rock running on the beach, but <laughs> I hear I hear you though. I hear you though, especially when people are piling on, yeah, in, in a negative. I just feel like you know it's one thing to be like, yeah, okay, but he's not winning. But it's another thing to be like, none of this matters. Like that's kind of where I sort of start to take issue with it because I'm like, no, it does matter. It is impressive. But you're right. Like he needs to Westbrook specifically, like needs to learn how to play more in a system like he's just such a bulldog out there and I don't like I don't know enough as as to why he hasn't figured it out it's just obvious that he hasn't figured it out but I just I just hate when people are like oh no it doesn't matter because like no no like it matters it's in the books you know what I mean yep yep I don't know I was like you're gonna go and see like okay like Iguodala was such a major part of the Warriors like he got an MVP with them for his defense yeah but it's like is that the thing you remember most about that team oh yeah and this is what I was gonna say about championships <laughs> like yeah uh, sure. I saw today um Ben Oliver from the Washington Post he had a headline or like I think it was like a quote in like his like weekly newsletter that was like if Danny Green wins with the Sixers is he the GOAT and it's just like it's meant to be funny but it's just like yeah. oh my god because then he's won four championships on four different teams. Yeah. It's because like the, the, Spurs, like Raptors, the Robert Lakers. Ori. Yeah. It's like the Robert Ori Robert thing. Ori, it's just it's like, like how, so how important is it? Okay, cool. So he's better than how many people it's like, no, but he was like a, like a, a great player on a lot of impressive teams. Yeah. And so again, I think we try and box these legacies into paint by numbers and it's never that simple because there's always outside factors. There's always yeah. people who are going to have a, po- a positive, optimistic attitude that are sa- going to say, oh, this person contributed in A, B, C, D way and the team would never have been successful without them. <laughs> or there's going to people that take a pessimistic approach and say, oh, yeah, but that player had A, B, C, D with him and that's why he won. Or the team that they played suffered a severe catastrophic injury Mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's all about the lens with which you look at something. You can always build up or tear down any point when it comes to talking about goats. This is what I've been trying to tell the Utah Jazz fans. I'm like, get ready to win it all and have everyone tell you how much it doesn't matter because Durant was injured. Just get ready because it's going to (laughs) happen. Um, yeah, I mean, this year, I mean, this year is obviously a super weird one and there's a lot of kind of interesting teams coming up in the playoff rankings, not so much in the East. Once again, I think there's only three teams above 500. Like it is a super weird year, but in the West, I'm wondering who are you excited about? Do you have a favorite non Raptor team and who are you kind of hoping will make some noise this year? 
Um, I'm more of a petty bitch. I don't know if I can say that, but oh, yes, I'm more <laughs> like focused on the teams. I'm ha- I like don't want to do well slash I'm happy are not doing well. So right. in the East, I know we are talking about the West right now, but the Boston Celtics, like don't, don't hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the LA Clippers, why are you so obsessed with us? Please feel free to fall off a cliff, not a literal cliff, but like yeah. your record in performance. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, even like the LA Lakers. I'm just like, LeBron, do you really need to do this again? Can we kind of like share the wealth a little bit here? Um, but yeah, I'm super into the Suns um, just because I love Chris Paul. Um, and we talk about people who are going to have like uh, a strange legacy. Like I think mm-hmm. he's someone that's pretty divisive as a player, not necessarily for anything he's done. That's like made people mad, but just, you know, his contributions or lack thereof, depending on, on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the jazz, I think have been through a lot like this team, essentially with Rudy Gobert last season, you'd think that he released COVID to the world. You'd think that yeah. he opened a jar at that press conference was like, go <laughs> be free, my pretties, to the virus. Right. And like that started it all because obviously like what he did was in poor taste and he was sick himself. But then there was issue between him and and Donovan Mitchell that was a problem. And then you have like Jordan Clarkson coming on strong, like really finding his stride in a career year, um, making waves overseas, becoming like this like Filipino demigod because of his heritage <laughs> and just like the way that he's he's kind of showing out for this team. Plus the fact that they really are just in this this strange market to the rest of us where just beautiful landscapes and polygamy jokes galore if you want to talk about Utah (laughs) right like for those who don't know those are the two things that probably are top of mind Mm -hmm. um we love a sister wives moment but maybe just like it's not great if that's like all you're known for um so I think I think the jazz for sure are exciting and I love a team that kind of has expectations on them even if they still somehow are underrated because you always hear about the sleeping giants in the west oh don't worry until the postseason comes oh don't worry there's Kawhi, there's lebron there's even like the suns like there's all these people that they have to worry about but they've handled business from from jump pretty much this season and so i'm really hoping that they have they have a nice run here Yeah. I mean, I'm not even a super like huge jazz fan or anything, but it would be so disappointing if they were out like in the first round. And I mean, speaking about being petty, like I can't even watch the Clippers, honestly. Like I I can honestly tell you, I've not watched a single Clippers game this season. I don't plan to like, I, I will maybe tune into the playoffs maybe probably not even the first round unless there's like a game seven I can't even watch like I'm the kind of like not to use like the classic like break up with your boyfriend analogy but I'm the kind where like if we do break up it's like okay like you're out of my phone you know there's no me drunk texting you because I don't have your number like you're once you're out you're out and so that's kind of my attitude oh my gosh you're so strong meanwhile there's like women (laughs) aka me who's like okay I deleted your number but I know all your socials and your email address hi ex-boyfriend at aol.com like are you checking your msn messenger because I've also sent you a message there there are several like maybe not like strong exes, but like guys that have dated in the past that like are on my Instagram stories on a regular 
basis. And like, I yeah. don't, I'm not looking at their stories. I don't think they listen to this podcast, to be honest, but like, <laughs> I'm just they, being, might. they might, well, Hey, if they listen, then they know, they know, I know, but like, it's just so, <laughs> it's so weird to me. Anyway, this is how I feel about the Clippers. There was that, right. there was that photo of them. Well, with like Ibaka wore this kind of like funny outfit and he was when like, yesterday yeah and then he, oh my god it's like, like almost that, like a like, long like a dress like a sheath dress that was yeah. giving me like i'm in greece and i'm wearing linen vibes yes yes and yes. i'm seeing memes of like when your grandma drags you to church <gasps> like he's dragging the Kawhi disrespect Leonard to church i know the it lack made, of vision it made me really miss ibaka for sure i know like i do miss ibaka um, maybe Bach is the one ex that I'm like following to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bach is the one ex I'm hung up on out of all the Raptors that are gone. Since the I get championship it. Season. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been watching any Clippers games. I'm definitely not rooting for them. I don't even, I don't even know if that's a petty take or not at this point. I'm definitely just not like I, I'm really rooting for Denver and I'm really rooting for Portland and I'm really rooting for the Suns. Like those are the three teams that I really want to see make some noise. Denver's good too. That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm always happy when like smaller market teams do big things because the NBA is so set up against all the smaller markets. And for this, for the sake, I'll include Toronto in that, like the NBA isn't set up for Toronto to succeed. And so when we do, despite all of that, I get really excited. Like if the bucks end up coming out of the East this year, like I would be really happy for them, even though I'm okay. not like actively rooting for the bucks. Is that like a tinfoil hat moment? It's set up against the Raptors or was that just like well, it's not all like the refs are against us moment okay. it's not it's not that i mean all the smaller market teams like it's harder to land free agents it's like okay. yes it's harder to even when you draft really well to be able to re-sign people and mm-hmm. things of that nature and so like like what the nets have done would be hard for the trailblazers to do for example yes. that's Got kind it. of okay. what i mean so then so that's why i say when those teams do really well i get really excited Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I was no, like, thank no. you for allowing <laughs> me to clarify. To no. <laughs> I'm going to go. Hello? Sorry, I have another call. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know I was on this conspiracy podcast. No, that yeah, is not cool. what this is. That is yeah. not what this is. <laughs> I'm blinking twice. I am being held captive. I know it's obvious, but for everyone watching or listening, excuse me. <laughs> being held captive on the Zoom. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, maybe like, obviously that's like an emotional take on my part, but you know, that's what sports are for me. The sports are the soap. This is my, as the world turns. I mean, why would you want it any other way? I think that people who take it too seriously are missing the point because whether you're watching or playing or coaching, it is an emotional experience. It is an investment in your time and your energy, like any relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there should be a little bit of maybe nonsensical belief or hope um, tied into all of that. And I think that if you, you don't have it, you're, you're really doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got one more very important topic before we dive into Raptor stuff. And that is the Space Jam trailer <laughs> came out this week. Uh, I honestly had absolutely no expectations for this movie at all. I was like, okay, it's going to be silly, fun for the kids. It's not going to be a big deal. And then this trailer comes out and suddenly I got really excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be a really fun movie like I feel like if anything the memes that come out of this movie might be <laughs> worth it mm-hmm. yeah um, how do 
did you have any reactions watching the trailer? I was, I, I don't really have a tie to Space Jam like that. Like my childhood, quote unquote, basketball movie was Love and Basketball. Yeah. It wasn't Space Jam. So I have different expectations of my basketball movies. It's like, <laughs> is there a love story? Where is Monica? Justice for Monica. She was the better baller between her and Quincy. Uh-huh, we learned absolutely. it in the end, but it just took us a while to get there. So Space Jam was fun for me when I was watching it. I loved the Looney Tunes because I used to watch cartoons every morning with my dad. So like that was more of the tie for me than Michael Jordan. Like I was more excited for like a Bill Murray than a Michael Jordan (laughs) kind of thing. Um, But I think that it's people when whenever there's nostalgia involved, people go crazy Um, and they want things to meet their impossible expectations. But the movie looked good. It's a kid's movie. It's a family movie. It seems to have kind of like a nice message when you see, you know, LeBron Mm -hmm. talking to his son and like everything that's going to go on into that relationship. Um, And I think that I love that they did representation between women and men's basketball players Mm -hmm. where it's not just a male centric story. Uh, I love the nod to the D Wade alley-oop with Lola Bunny. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that the people, Oh my gosh, the people that were like, you guys unsexified Lola. Oh, that was ridiculous. Oh, (laughs) tell me you're a virgin without telling me you're a virgin because I don't understand the outrage between (laughs) like after (laughs) you made, you made a, a rabbit less curvy and men are upset said it's like uh-huh this is yeah. telling me a lot about you craig <laughs> it took me right back to like high school dress code debates i was like can you just like leave me alone like that is how i felt when everyone was getting outraged over lola um yeah i, I completely agree also like when you were like uh i was more excited for for bill murray, bill murray. <laughs> in my mind i'm like imagine like 20 years from now and there's like a new Space Jam 3 with like a new superstar. And somebody's like, mm, really? I was more excited for Don Cheadle. Like I didn't really have <laughs> that connection with like LeBron or the Looney Tunes. I was more excited for Don Cheadle, to be honest. There's something I would, I would say, okay, Don Cheadle is an amazing actor. Yeah. I would, I would, I would understand personally. I might be definitely in the minority on that one, but I would get it. And Bill Murray, you can't compare Don Cheadle to Bill Murray, okay? Only one of those. Those people walks up to someone who's eating fries at a restaurant, takes a fry and eats it and says, no one will believe you and walks away. Right. Because Bill Murray <laughs> does things like that. <laughs> That's yes. kind of the iconic nature of that. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. I just I was just surprised at how excited I got after yeah. watching the trailer. I really had had no expectations at all. And I'm not sitting here saying this is going to be a good movie, but I think it'll be a fun movie. Like, okay. I think people well, Space Jam wasn't it. good. No, Space Jam was not good. But I think people yeah. had fun. And I think this yeah. will kind of capture the same thing. Also, I do have like, uh, OK, dare I say high hopes, but I have mediocre hopes for LeBron James's acting skills. OK, because he was decent in Trainwreck. I heard that. I did not watch it. Oh, okay. It. That's the only thing I've ever... I don't know if he's even acted in anything else, but I remember thinking like he was good in that movie. And so I, I'm hoping that he might actually be a decent actor, which would be so cool if he ended up continuing to act like post, uh, post-basketball and had a very like, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson style career afterwards. As opposed like to like a totally- Shaquille O'Neal ex- like acting moment. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, that's why he moved to LA, right? To expand his horizons, allegedly. 
allegedly yes also like this is gonna sound so silly but like i thought his real kids were in the movie and then when i saw the child actor i was like oh <laughs> I, i'm an idiot like i don't know why i thought that yeah i think it would have been a nice opportunity but the thing is that people are obsessed with his daughter right yeah zuri i believe her name is so that would be the the kid that i would want to see in the movie right yeah because i think she has her own youtube channel too does she I believe she has her own YouTube channel. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> Look at me. Like, I don't really know too much about her, but um, her what, video that was posted March 18th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does she do? Does she like, does she play basketball or does she like do like a cooking show? I could see her. With, I like, think she does like vlogs. Uh, yeah, I think she does vlogs with like her family, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I'll have to check that out. That's very neat. <laughs> I'm looking now. Yeah, all things, all things Zuri. Yeah, all things Zuri James. Yeah, that's amazing. YouTube channel, highly recommend. Well, shout out because that's really cool. (laughs) Um, Let's move into what I call our Raptors Homer moment. So this week we got that incredible like Players Tribune piece from Norm Powell. You know, everybody had the waterworks going. I, you know, I kind of thought it was interesting that like Norm Powell didn't like immediately do like the now what is very a typical social media post like, oh, thank you to the fans, blah, blah, blah. Instead, he came out large with this really great article. And, you know, I I assume everybody has a ghostwriter when it comes to the Player Tribune, but that really felt like it was written by him. Yeah, it definitely had his voice, uh, um, like a real, honest, authentic tone for sure. I'm pretty sure everyone is ghostwritten at Players Tribune, but also yeah. like that's fine too because it takes a lot to like craft the right tone. But um, yeah, he. I'm not surprised it took him a minute though, and I'm not surprised that he kind of went big with it because I think that he really genuinely did not want to leave. He's reiterated that mm-hmm. multiple times. And I think truly and genuinely, it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotion for him where he was told by his agent, yeah, you're not going anywhere. And then called back 20 minutes later, like, oh yeah, you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Like that back and forth, at least for me, that would kill me. Like I can adapt to pretty much any situation, but you just need to let me know what it is. It's the limbo that kills me. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's when you've deci- when you've in your mind come to terms with something and then it shifts. Like I think for as humans, that's difficult for us to process. Um, and I think that it's always we're going back to relationship stuff. It's always <laughs> tough to part ways with your first love. It's always tough to part ways with a team that that raised you, that believed in you when maybe no one else did. A fan base that really for the most part, stood by him, even though he had some really big droughts, um, kind of, he's an icon in the city. Right. And so, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he, he did that piece. I think it was really nice for both sides, maybe si- something that was therapeutic for him and as well as the fan base. And I got to say like the, the quote that came out with Fred Van Vliet saying like thugs cry too. Yeah. Um, I read that to me in like Fergie's voice of big girls don't cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with like maybe a bell at the end of some oh my god with that. like with norm posing with the trophy asleep <laughs> <laughs> so that struck a chord with me personally that moment yeah i mean i agree i love that i thought them posing with the trophy because they didn't know what else to do with it was so <laughs> to me knowing that like 
that of that was like organic that all of that was just them being like hey let's have fun on the plane i thought that was really funny and, and then just course, so sorry to like piggyback yeah. on that like i don't want anyone ever seeing me out in the streets trying to take instagram photos and making fun of me because if the toronto freaking world champion raptors are like trying to get like vibes on the plane with the trophy like does this look good how's this vibe then like it's free game for all of us okay yes yeah let me like, try that. different poses <laughs> downtown <laughs> There's that uh, Instagram account called Influencers in the Wild. Wild. And, and it's just people try doing the most. <laughs> but it's like, let me try a pose. Let me, you know, like kick my leg out and just see what happens. You don't know what's going to make good content. Yeah. And that's and that's just the world we live in now. <laughs> um, Sorry, what were you going to say? I cut you off. I apologize. No, no, it's all good. I was just going to say, like, I loved that. And also just like with Lowry being like, you'll always be a part of this legacy, which is absolutely true. That was very like emotional. I I was somewhat this might be like kind of like mean of me to say I when he said I always saw myself a part of the Raptors core, a part of me was surprised because I, I think I, I didn't because I, not because I don't (laughs) love Norm, but because I always felt like he was going to move on. So I was just, I was surprised. But he was the second longest tenured. Like, is it because of the, the trajectory of the other guys? Is it because of the jump we saw from Siakam? Is it because kind of the charisma of a Fred Van Vliet and the potential with an OG that Norm kind of fell by the wayside for you? A bit, yeah, because I I feel like, like, I think Norm is a starter in the NBA. And for him, like, except for when we had injuries this year, was still coming off the bench and we weren't winning games. It just didn't seem tangible that we could hold on to him, even if we had the money. Cause it was just like, this guy could be starting on a team that is for sure in the playoffs Yeah, rather than be in this current situation. So to me, it didn't seem smart for him to stay, but I did find it nice that he wanted to stay. Because I do love Norm. Like, I would love to still see him here, but it just didn't seem realistic. Yeah, the better part of a decade, too. Sometimes it is, the grass isn't always greener sometimes, but Mm -hmm. you need to experience other things to realize that every once in a while. And, like, I know it wasn't something that was self-imposed. He was traded, but those risks, quote-unquote, or embracing those changes um, generally will pay off. So I think I just wish him the most success in the world. He's been so wonderful to me in my interactions with him as a member of the media and um, just seeing kind of where he's he's come from and the understand Mm -hmm. the grind and Mm -hmm. the way that even if he was overlooked at some stages as like the um what who's the guy in the Beatles that everyone or like the Tito or is that are you referring to Ringo Starr Ringo Starr yeah even if he was the Ringo sometimes where it's just Ringo is so insulted that you compared him to Tito right now he listens I think he listens and he's offended Tito's probably a better comparison than Ringo to be honest with you but yeah so I don't know I just have all the love in the world for Norm so I want him to be successful wherever he goes wherever he ends up after this 
Yeah, I mean, I was happy that he was at least traded to a winning situation. And I like mm-hmm. am really excited for him in Portland. And, you know, there was a lot of kind of criticism I heard on the move in terms of like Portland not like improving their defense by making a move for Norm. But I- I'm still rooting for them because I just think they're a really fun team. And I love Norm. And I'm going to fo- I-, I feel like, you know, rarely, like we said, rarely do I continue to follow a Raptor after they're gone. But I do feel yeah. like I will I will follow Norm and I'll, I'll check up on norm from time to time oh strange you're not a kings fan now that's weird <laughs> i'm not that's, a kings fan right that's now. strange seems weird to yeah me. i know i know <laughs> little odd on my part um kind of didn't really think little about off it brand. little off brand <laughs> yeah not totally checking up on the kings right now <laughs> definitely understandable Get yeah it. Re- really looking forward to who that new second draft <laughs> will be <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, but we got Gary Trent Jr. and he seems yeah, baby. to be fitting in right away. Like yep. he seems to be an automatic fan favorite. He's been doing well. He's had some great games. He had that like plus 54 game, um, in his plus minus and like, yeah, he he's getting along with OG. They're having long talks on the plane. You know, the media is asking them about it. We are such like an emotional fan base like this guy's been here for a week and we're just like oh but have you made friends <laughs> like, that, like that, who did you sit with at lunch honey yeah like that's our biggest concern <laughs> it's true it's the worst it's so brutal sometimes like I love it and I'm here for all of the narratives but also like <laughs> it's true it's very yeah, this true. guy as he like as things open up and like he ends up like eventually like being in Toronto pop like proper he might learn how like insufferable of a fan base we are. <laughs> I think I don't know I think people will leave him alone like the only time and this is like the most embarrassing thing to ever happen in my opinion was when people were on Kawhi watch and yeah. the mayor and Navbatia held a press conference to beg people to please leave Kawhi alone mm-hmm. <gasps> Oh my God. I was secondhand embarrassment through the absolute vaulted ceiling roof, not of my condo, but of someone's rich condo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I think people like Gary, they'll leave him alone though. I hope, but he's been a great addition to this team. He's got the offense going. He's also super young. Um, Mm -hmm. Nick nurse made comments the other day that he needs to kind of figure out his way within the defense and the defensive schemes. And, you know, sometimes I think that, Nick Nurse has been lauded as this massively successful defensive mind. And he went with the box in one and he's not Mm -hmm. scared to do things that may seem a little bit unconventional, but I wonder a little bit if this season, his instinct to go against the grain has worked in their disadvantage with so many things changing with so many things being unpredictable from people getting sick to the move to relocating to injuries to the trade with norm you know and even the rotations like I wonder if there could have been an opportunity for Nick Nurse to just stop being so quirky for a hot second and just give us a little bit more structure and maybe, and and honestly, like who's to say, but maybe just trying to think from an athlete standpoint, that would have given a little bit of grace to a team. So they're not wondering about one more component of their day-to-day lives as well when it comes to playing. That's the one thing I would say. Yeah. I think that's a great point because in a, in a season where there's 
there's hardly been any consistency. Having some consistency in the rotations could really help everybody just kind of like settle in and know their roles a bit more, like, especially with the supporting cast. And yeah, because it was always so different And it. And I get that there is reward motivation where it's like, you play well, you're going to get more minutes. You play poorly. It's a short leash. Like you're, we're yanking you out. But sometimes I think just reverting back to something a little bit more simple can be effective. And even when it comes to Nick Nurse's you know, schemes that there's so many to choose from and they're so different and so difficult and so complex and you have to have this high IQ to play them. Sometimes it's okay to just like pare it down a little bit and worry about execution, gain that confidence before you do something else again. And so I know Nick Nurse doesn't get criticized or critiqued too often, but that's the one thing that really stood out to me so far this year where I was just like, I wonder if he's thought about how, if any way he could have aided in some consistency in some on-court decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. And honestly, the more, you know, if the Raptors do continue to lose, like people are eventually going to start pointing fingers at Nick Nurse. Like it is inevitable that that'll happen because that happens with any coach. And I think he has earned like a lot of, you know, credibility um, with Mm -hmm. everyone that it might take a little longer for people to point fingers at him. But I think eventually they will if we continue on a downward spiral. But with that being said, my next question was going to be, you know, the Raptors finally have this big win against Golden State and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, not an easy to watch game. Um, yep. But do you think like this could be a confidence booster? Do you think this could be a, a turning point for the Raptors? Yes. To the first question, TBD to the second question, definitely right. a confidence booster. I had to look up the score on ESPN because I thought the person who was doing the Chiron, which is the graphics on TV made a mistake. I thought they (laughs) just had a heavy hand. They added a number. I wasn't sure which number was it, you know, 49 to 33. Oh no, it was 99 to 33 or something, whatever it was at the (laughs) stage. I was just like, yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like (laughs) an aggressive, like statement game. Okay. Everybody, I I see you. Um, but I think it's important to assert yourself in games where you should win. And I think that that's the biggest Mm -hmm. failure of the Raptors this year is that so many games were within reach and so many little things happened where they weren't able to pull it off and understanding that that second gear wasn't coming as easily or other teams had more answers for your players um, really, really hurt them. And so I don't love to give kudos to teams for winning games that they absolutely should be winning But after such a brutal March where every single stat category regressed for them, except maybe I think it was like steals was like a minor regression, but Mm -hmm. everything was going so terribly. So to get that win and get kind of going, hopefully in a, in a positive direction, I'm sure meant a lot to them, but let's see what they do against their, who's their next game wizards. I think, um, yeah, is their next game. So let's see how, how they do against the wizards. And, and then, and then we can kind of go from there because I'm so sick and tired of the narrative where it's like, oh, they only lost by six. And, you know, if they had hit, if they had gotten to the line more than they would have won, it's like, well, they don't, Yeah, they have, sometimes they don't get to the line. So they need to find other ways because this like excuse narrative, like I personally, and I don't think they have time for it either. Right. This is not me just going off on a, on a tangent. I think everyone kind of feels the same way. Yeah, they're not going back to the hotel thinking like, oh, if we just went to the line more, everything would be great. Like, they're not thinking that. They're pissed. Um, I feel like the Raptors fan base right now is pretty divided in terms of like, 
should we completely tank this season forget the season totally amnesty it like this season is just a disaster <laughs> like you know strike it from the record kind of thing or should we like really go for it and make a push to be in the playoffs to make some noise in the playoffs you know they're i think 11th in the east right now but only a handful i think like five games behind like they could they could get it together they could still do it the window is still open do you feel like you're absolutely on one side of this or the other, or are you just kind of like, let's see how this plays out. Where are you at right now? I'm, I'm anti-tank generally speaking. And I think that keeping Kyle Lowry kind of solidified that we'll see what mm -hmm. happens with his foot infection that he was dealing with a little bit earlier in the season mm -hmm. that um, seems to have come back. I think that's going to play a major factor into the direction that they go. Um, but I just, the, the problem is, is that I think when you say, you know, if they really like, give it a go and like make some noise. It's like, I could give parkour a go, go but it doesn't mean it's going to go well. <laughs> like what does giving it a go mean for them? Like if, if I try and hurdle some kind of random concrete slab on the ground, I'm probably falling on my face. So like, is giving it a go going to be effective? That's what TBD, <laughs> that's what's to be determined here. Oh man, that reminds me. There's a scene in the office where like Andy is trying to do parkour and there's just like this giant <laughs> box and then he jumps in the box and it's empty and he falls he right falls in. It. He falls yes. in the box. Oh my God. Yeah, yes, that's, that's the Raptor season in a nutshell. Right Andy now. doing parkour. <laughs> but it's like, it's the thing. It's like, I could try it. It doesn't mean I'm going to be good at it. I could give it a go playing the violin. It doesn't mean my neighbors aren't going to lodge multiple complaints. Um, yeah. So I, that's mean, the, I, I think if the Raptors go on a winning streak this week, I will feel good about our chance. Okay. Like I'll feel really good about our chances, but also a part of me is like, I don't know if like being in a, in a play in bracket or a first seat exit really does us anything at this point. Like, I don't think we're that like, young team that could just like use the experience you know like I don't think it really does anything for us so I mean I'm never pro tanking at all but there's this part of me that's like if we can't really get it together in the next like week or two then you know there's only a bit more than a month left of the regular season it's like right maybe you do just kind of pack it in um at this point call it you know learn a ton of load management from this year you know, attempt yeah. to find a center somewhere, you know, like I don't, I was really disappointed that, you know, for all the Kyle Lowry talk and the Norm Powell talk, I was really disappointed that we didn't get a center out of all of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Masai is probably the biggest free agent this year. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to um, be determined after that. So I'm very curious to see how the next week or two will turn out. I will remain optimistic uh, for at least those two weeks and then we'll see uh, how magnanimous of you yeah thanks I <laughs> you're, on the, you're on the clock you know what Raptors. like I never in my life thought I would be compared to Kid Rock but hey like things just happen you know maybe that's just Weird things happen when I come on podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We've gone from Kid Rock to parkour to jealous exes. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a nice, well-rounded conversation. Yeah, I do too. And now we have our <laughs> this 
our hot girl summer Nick Nurse highlight of the week slash quote of the week slash how I determined to end every episode. And I've got two this week. So the quote, okay, so I don't have a direct quote from Nick Nurse, but I have a moment. And I was mm-hmm. curious as to what you thought the quote would be. I thought it was the woe Doug moment. Yes, it is the woe Doug Yay! moment. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Because it was so Doug. funny. Uh, there is a practice press conference. You could see it on YouTube with Nick nurse and the media, like he always does, but this one was actually the whole video was uh, more lively than a lot of them are. A lot of them tend to be pretty boring, but this one was actually kind of interesting. He like emphatically was like, I'm not interested in tanking and stuff. And he kind of addressed a lot of things. He also said like, I'm not interested in talking about the has Siakam improved narrative or not. He's just like Siakam's better we love Siakam like enough already. Like he, he really like addressed a lot of things in this interview that I thought were really interesting, but for whatever reason, Doug Smith, just getting way too comfortable on the zoom (laughs) just started in the middle of his questioning with Nick went on a tangent about how patios aren't open in Toronto (laughs) and therefore cannot enjoy the nice weather we're having. And (laughs) Nick nurse was like, Whoa, Whoa, Doug, calm down. And it was just so funny because I felt like Nick was coaching Doug. (laughs) I, I'm not surprised that that's what is grinding Doug's gears these days. Um, that's the least surprising thing about the entire interaction. Um, but yeah, I thought Nick was like kind of chiding him a little bit like, whoa, Doug, whoa, <laughs> I get it. But like, I thought that he was like, it was like a nice playful moment between the two of them for sure. <laughs> yeah. It was but I fun. think here's my, here's my theory though. Mm-hmm. I think that like the, like Masai and Nick, like having these moments with the reporters Mm -hmm. because there was one with Masai and Eric Kareen. And I think he asked him about his hair. And then there was another one with Nick nurse. And I, it was either Nick nurse or Masai with, with William Liu. And they asked about his backdrop and now they're like talking to Doug and like being playful. I think in my mind, in my tinfoil hat moment, that they're using it as a tool to avoid having to answer difficult questions as the season continues. I love it. Chumming it up with reporters to get on their good side so they don't ask them maybe like point blank period, I need answers questions. That's what I think. They're buttering them up. Yeah, and you know, the Raptors don't like giving those kinds of answers and I feel nope. like they they really like to operate as discreetly as possible when it comes to all things. So yeah, I fully buy into that. Um, I think that's very true. And, and Nick always has this way of saying everyone's names when he's answering questions, he's like, yeah, Doug, or, well, you know, Jonesy. And like, he always mm-hmm. that's by design. Yeah. That is by design. That gives you like that personal friendship. Like, Oh, how could you ask me that? You know what, you know how it is, buddy. Um, yeah, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Is it something or nothing? It's not nothing. How about that? It's not nothing. Um, (laughs) My sort of quote of the week is Gary Trent Jr. Letting everyone know how to pronounce Utah's name. And I love that he was like, you know, people were telling me different things. And I just decided to go up to him and ask. And I'm like, that's how you do it, buddy. 
That is how you do it. You just go up and you politely ask. You don't have to awkwardly guess all the time. And I just really appreciated that. And like we were saying, just love how he's kind of fitting in already, making friends, long talks on the plane. And uh, that was my quote, because I just love that he he just did that, that he just said that to the media. And I think only a second Raptors press conference. And I'm like, yep, this guy is fitting in. He's going to have I mean, it's a race to see whether he does an Osmos commercial or a <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Norm, Norm's watching his Instagram stories. Yeah, I mean, he can't do an Osmos commercial now because he's clearly never been there. Like, yes, yeah, at least be in Toronto. But, I, you know, I think within the year he'll have a commercial at some place. Someone's going to snatch that guy up. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but actually this has been so much fun thank you so much for joining me today um where can we find you on the internets oh my gosh so only fans no i'm joking um so <laughs> my social handles are very not like succinct so you can find me on twitter at smart ash s-m-r-t-a-s-h you can find me on instagram at ashley docking or you can find me on tiktok at docking a i'm working on it i know it's, it's fine no i love but it come I mean, find when me I, when i came up with my social media names i didn't know i'd be doing anything in media i didn't think it would ever matter you know so that i just ended up being it's me underscore Catherine. <laughs> that's like, nice i like that hey it's me Hey, it's good. It's I was trying to get what's up, Doc, but I had it on Instagram, but then I couldn't get it on Twitter. And mm. it, my plan was just spoiled. Mm. Well, it's Terrible. all it's all good. People are finding you regardless because you're great. Uh, thank you again, and uh, we'll chat with you soon.